Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Welcome to another episode of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast, where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. Today's episode is brought to you by Ramping Crew Patron supporters. Thank you. Please welcome back author and Omega fan fiction legend, Samaya. Thank you so legend. much. I don't know if I can be called a legend. I tried continuing um, the, the Omega Bob fan fiction, but it's not, it's not happening. It's not working out well. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> There's we'll not see. enough there. Maybe someday. But, oh, thank you. So we are going to try this thing, listeners, where um, we try to just do an episode, maybe not tangent-free because that seems like a, a goal that's unachievable, but but we are going to try and keep it in, an, in the one-hour time frame. So we're going to jump straight okay. to what are you currently Ooh, reading. Okay. I have a stack of books I'm looking at right now. Um, currently, <laughs> um, I'm trying to read, start reading. I just read like the first two chapters of The Girl Who Fell Beneath the Sea, um, which Natalie sent me the fairy loot edition. Um, Natalie, my critique partner, and it's so pretty. Uh, and yeah, I don't know if like, I really wanted to read this book. Um, and then there's like a sea god and I'm not really into that stuff. So I don't know if I really like it, but we'll see. Um, so I don't know. At least I get to talk to Natalie about it. That's like one of the best things about buddy reading. We recently read um, Silver and Bone like a week ago or two weeks ago. And it's so fun. Just like, I don't know if you buddy read, buddy read with anyone, but it's just fun to like text people and like about what's happening I don't know it's like a mini book club with one person that's very fun I, I suggest to try it yeah it is it's that's why I'm so excited the these are like such good chapters <laughs> I've been waiting for them yeah these are like one of my favorite they chapters are. of winter yeah so I am not really like I'm doing nothing but audiobooks usually I go back and forth Right now, I'm doing nothing but audiobooks. I have been working until like 6 30, 7 o'clock at night. Um, but the kids get out of school at 2 10. So from like 2 30 to 6 30, I'm just alone in the library, oh. which means I can like listen to an audiobook while I'm getting work done. So I'm actually still getting a lot of books under my belt, but I haven't gotten to like sit with a book in my hands, which is kind of, um, I don't know, just a bummer because I like both. I like the audiobooks, I like reading by hand. So, but. Right now, I am reading Grim and Barrett, which is the final book in the Stay a Spell series by Juliet Cross, um, which is a book about six sisters, and each book is about one of them, one of them, you know, falling in love, and they each have different magical powers, and they each fall in love with a different kind of magical being. So, um, finishing that up, which I'm really excited about. Um, I just read the Zombie in Love Duologies by Kelly DiPuccio. They are about 100 pages a piece. They're really adorable. Um, and normally, I probably wouldn't count them, but I read them a lot because I am a school librarian, and so I get kids into my library, and I get K through fifth. And 
Um, I have lesson plans that I do with them about like sentence structure and um, research development and writing and all kinds of stuff. But last week, uh, the last couple of weeks, I like every once in a while, I just read a book with them. It is very difficult to get a fifth grader to sit there and just like listen to you read a book, especially a room of fifth graders. So I've basically turned myself into the coolest librarian ever (laughs) because now I speed read as fast as I possibly can to keep their attention, which they call I was just going to say, like, librarian rapper. Basically, basically, it's gotten to the point where this little boy named Nathaniel comes in and he's like, are we beatboxing? And I'm like, yeah, we're going to beatbox today. I got I got a new zombie book. And he's like, oh, did you hear that? Like, he gets so excited. Um, And like, I'll come in and I'll pull, I'll grab a book. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he like he he always stares at me, and then he's like, "Are you ready?" And I'm like, "Yes." And he's like, "He tries so, so hard to do the like," but that's like what he does. He's like, Shh. "Like it's not good." But I have 32 fifth graders hanging on my every word, and that is not an easy thing to achieve. So I am taking credit for these tiny little books because I read them each five times at hyper speed. speed once a day, every day last week. So I read The Zombie and Love Duology by Kelly DiPuccio. It's actually really cute. You really should. If you're bored and you want just like half an hour of a picture book, read it really fast out loud. And there, you can do it, it in like 15 minutes. Like, there's like this TikTok of this guy like beat rapping like to a rhyming book. And it's like, it's like, I think three minutes long, but it's like the whole book about this like I don't know what it's called. Oh, no, but it's so good. You should look it up. It's like this. You should if you have this book, then you can like probably actually beatbox it with your um, your kids. It's like about this. Yes, I love it. I'm going to try. I try to get books that like they either rhyme or they have like a um, like the like the syllables line up so that it's easy to like match that rhythm. Um. But then I try to also get like more challenging books because they're fifth graders and they they're not going to yeah. sit there for Dr. Seuss, right? So, um, yeah. But it's it's been a lot of fun working with them, and I I'm so glad I can keep their attention because I hear it all the time. Like I get parents that come in and they're like, you know, oh my god, are you the librarian that beatboxes? And I'm like, sure. If that's what your son told you, then yes, oh, that is that so is cute. who I am. I'm so upset because there, I want you to know that about this book, but I can't. I have no idea what the title is or like. Email me. I'll post it on social okay, media. I'll see if I can it on the if next I can episode. Google it later. Um, it's like this like boy who sees this like cat chasing a mouse who's been chased by a dog who's been chased by a pig or something it's it's like this whole like thing of like animals like chasing each other i don't know i'll i'll, I'll look i'll look for it <laughs> okay so before we do fan art friday i have a really exciting announcement for everyone we are approaching the end of winter the last chapter the last chapter is going to be its own episode um, featuring me and former co-host Ashley and former co-host Becca, which I'm, I'm so, so excited, excited about. 
we have been planning this for months because we are in three different time zones with three different work schedules. Um, Ashley has been, you know, moving up the rank in the Space Force, which is still a new developing um, military branch. And so she's like working like 12 hour days, like four to six times a week. She's in a completely different time zone. Becca has twins that she homeschools wow. while working from home. She's also in a different time zone. I had a job where I'm working like 12 hours a day, five days a week, plus the podcast, and I'm in a different time zone. So we have been working for months to try and set this up so that we can get this episode together. But we have a plan. We have a recording date, and we have three <laughs> backup dates in case somebody has to cancel. Um, but But I'm so excited because they're going to come back. They're going to be at the end with me. They're going to cross that finish line with me. Um, and the three of us, we, we try so hard. Ashley comes on episodes every once in a while. You guys probably heard her a few weeks ago. But we try so hard. Like, we stay in touch because we can just randomly text each other and answer, like, 12 hours later. But it's not that easy to do when you're trying to schedule a one- to two-hour recording. So, plus you have to take notes. You have to pick your song titles. You have to pick your quotes you have there's a lot of preparation involved so um i'm i'm very excited to tell everybody that that it's going to oh, be the three of us back so together for that for that last oh, chapter of winter i'm, so I'm sad I that know. we're ending i'm so winter, excited though like, have... i'm i'm happy that i get to like finish with them yeah. and we still have some a lot more yeah but we still have so much left yeah we have so much left we have we have Stars Above. We have all the short stories. We have the graphic novels. We have Cinder's Wedding. We have we have Heartless and the Renegades trilogy and Instant Karma and Gilded and Instant Karma's sequel. And by the time we get through those, I don't know, 10 mm -hmm. others because Marissa's always writing. So, yeah, we have a lot left. Um, after winter, we will de-establish the spoiler free concept and we will start including spoiler um sections at the end of every episode um mm -hmm. which is what a lot of other podcasters do so you know it'll it'll be pretty easy to adapt but um that that concept of spoiler free is getting deconstructed it was very difficult to manage for the last four and a half years and going forward um, these books have been out for like 12 years, you guys. If you haven't read it, just skip that part of the episode. I'll make it very simple. But I, I do feel like it holds us back sometimes yes, from definitely. the content that we want to discuss. Yeah. I am so, yeah. so happy for you. When when you started Cinder, how many books did, was like Instant Karma out at all? When we started Cinder was right before oh, Supernova fuck. came out. So since we started the podcast, there's been there's been Supernova, there's been the Gilded Duologies, there's been Instant Karma, and there's been that anthology that she wrote. So since we started this podcast, she's had five projects. Um, and now six, if you include... Cinder's the, Wedding. Oh, no, six, because she wrote um, the Cinder Wedding thing. So and now seven, if you include her, her and then new there's book, also but it Serendipity. doesn't come out until February. So, um, but yeah, that oh okay, yeah, 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 that's the anthology. So she wrote. you're kind of keeping up five books. You covered so, like five books. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I something think like winter's that. Winter's a really big one. 
Okay, so let's talk about some fan art Friday. Um, we have a really cool, like I always say that, but this, I think these are, I think I have chosen fan art that lines up perfectly with these chapters. That's what I want to say. So our first one is by Gremlin Draws. It is Cinder in her, you know, cargo pants with her boots and her, and there's like this really cool, like neon, like chemical neon green undertone to the book. It almost looks like there's slime everywhere to the art. I don't know. I really like it though. Yeah. It doesn't feel like she's in the palace, but I really like it. It's like gives it this like futuristic. So the next one is from Captain Hooks. And um, again, kind of perfect for these coming up chapters that we have. It's Lavana on her throne. Uh, you can see her beneath her glamour. So you can see her side of her body that's, you know, still sort of untouched and the side of her body that's been marred by uh, the trauma and torture that that Channery put her through. And then I love this color tone with the like pink and the blue and the purple. Yeah. Like, yeah, this you can definitely see like she's she's on in the palace and she's like she's wearing that um, Easter Commonwealth colors. And you can see like the distraught look on her face like she's yeah. about to be defeated. Yeah. And then this last one. Oh, no, wait, there's still two more. Gosh, Bethany, you really crowded yourself. OK, so this one is <laughs> this next one is from Nikki A.E. Art. And it is Thorn saying, tell Cress I meant it. Um, one of the best lines in the series. Probably one of the most quoted lines in the series. Like, right up there with, uh, I didn't know her being, I don't think her being, I don't see what her being cyborg has to do with it. And broken isn't the same as unfixable. Um, but I, I love mm -hmm. it. His face is covered in sort of soot and dirt and dried blood and he looks very disheveled and his hair is a mess and how cross I meant it. And you can see like the balcony out like behind him like he's he's gonna fall. Mm -hmm. uh, and and the so stars. Sad. Like he's given up. Which is not yeah. a foreign thing to do. Very unthorned. But we have seen him do it one other time when they were on the rooftop. When he chose to kiss Cress, to me, that was an admittance that he thought they were about to die. So that's maybe not that he gave up, but that he definitely was on the verge of it. That's yeah. the only other time. He didn't want to break his promise. Yeah. <laughs> so this last one is from Haddock's Art on Instagram. It is of the same scene. Um it's it's Thorn saying tell Cress I meant it. Um, it's a bit bigger of a picture. Now we get like his whole body, and um, so we can see like his outfit is disheveled. He's dirty. His arms there's dried blood. His pants are ripped. You can see the mark where he got shot. Um, yeah, just great, just brilliant. Tell Cress I meant it again. Same same scene. We just get a different visual. Yeah. I like the different like structure. He, they still looks they kind of look the same. The different the mm -hmm. two different arts of Thorn, but it's still the same like like the bow tie and like the disheveled look, and 
Like it's the same setting, which yeah. I appreciate. So you can follow each of those artists on Instagram and you can find more of their artwork and other artwork that we've shared on the Prince Kai Fan Pod website. Last week, Patreon members voted on chapter titles. Chapter 86 is Teeth by Five Seconds of Summer. And chapter 87 is Pain in Black by the Bowling Stones. And chapter 88, that's where we're starting this week. So last week, we left off with Winter killing Amory using Scarlet's body to do it. And we saw Cinder searching the palace for Queen Lavana. This week we're in Cinder's perspective. Um, her adrenaline is pumping so fast throughout her body that she doesn't even need her retina display to tell her. Um, and it's the only thing keeping her going because her body actually feels exhausted. Without the adrenaline, she would be like just maxed out. Yeah, it's like um, we always discuss how like lunars are like very dependent on their gifts and like they don't use other senses that they have because they're so dependent on on their their bioelectricity and it's kind of like the same with cinder of her losing her cyborg Mm -hmm. ability like her cyborg interface she realizes how much she relies on it so it's like cool to see that yeah yeah that's a really great parallel for you to draw a conclusion on i hadn't i hadn't thought of that but you're right they become there's a dependency on both sides. Yeah. And I, it makes me think like totally random, but like Ico, like Ico always like, um, what's the word? Complains about like, she's like not human. Like she can't taste her food, eat food. But like, what if she was suddenly human and she experiences pain or yeah. like, cause, cause we've seen her in previous chapters. She's just getting ripped apart and she's like annoyed, but not like dying because she's she's just a little yeah right and she like throws herself into dangerous situations because she knows she can't get physically like harmed so yeah Yeah. i get it so it's it's cool to see that like different different aspects and what people are dependent on yeah so the sounds of the battle are far away while um Cinder searches the castle for Lavana. This was a huge parallel to me from the last Harry Potter movie. If anybody's seen it, there's a scene where Harry like says goodbye to his friends. He gives Ginny a kiss and then he runs off and he's running around, you know, trying to find the last item. He's, you know, trying to stay out of the fray because he has like tasks that he has to do. Um, but all the while, the chaos and fighting is still going on. And, of course, the dramatic music is there to set the tone. Mm-hmm. So it uh, it just felt very reminiscent of that. I It's been a, a long while since I've watched those movies, so I don't remember that specifically. <laughs> but I can imagine it. <laughs> they can't win without defeating Lavana, so she doesn't really have a choice. She has, despite wanting to, like, jump in and help out with the the fight she knows the fight won't technically actually end until she defeats Lavana. so she goes through this like empty castle and the castle feels way too quiet after being outside and listening to the like gut-wrenching sounds of the battle i was just gonna say have you ever had that where like something is really 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 loud and you go into like a different space and it's like so quiet Oh yeah, you've never have you ever been to a Arab wedding? 
Yeah, very disappointing. But I was thinking of like concerts when you go to the bathroom. Oh, I've never been to a concert, but I think it's the same same volume as a, as a wedding. Is it? It's okay. so loud. Like you 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 scream and you can't hear yourself. Um, and then you like go into a room and it's just like That's muffled crazy. sounds. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I've definitely experienced yeah. that. Yeah. See? Yeah, I was gonna say, um, with glamour, I wonder if because everyone saw Lavana and she's like so distraught and she ran away. Can like she glamour people to forget what they saw? Like is that a different form of mind control, you think? Cause like you can I think you can glamour them to feel um, a certain way. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if she could glamour them to forget what they saw, but perhaps she could glamour them in that moment to not notice her so that they wouldn't remember it because of like how vague or nonchalant it was. Okay. Wait, I don't I don't get it. You know, you become desensitized to the things around you and they become they become vague and they become sort of a part of the world so like you might be walking down your street but you're not going to notice the mailbox because you already know it's there you're not going to notice the red car at this house because it's always there I think it's kind of the same thing like people sort of see right through her like she could probably do that where like in the moment she's so wallflower she blends in so well that even if they see her they forget because she's just so mundane but I don't know if she could actually force that memory loss. Yeah, probably not. That probably that falls more into mind yeah. control. Which wait, what glamour? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm confusing myself. <laughs> okay, so they find Lavana yeah. in the throne room, and yeah. the plan is that um, here's here's Cinder's plan. She's gonna walk in there. She's going to take control of the two guards and she's going to defeat Lavana. In what world would Cinder walk into a room with Lavana where the guards are available? <laughs> like, obviously, Lavana's already going to have complete control of them. Why on earth would she not have complete control of them? Maybe she decided to, like, like kill them if necessary. Like, to get to Lavana. She's going to have control of their mind and their bioelectricity, though, right? Lavana? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. They're not going to be, like, available for Cinder to just, like, come in and swoop in their yeah. mind. Which she, I mean, she did try to do with Thorn. She's like, might as well try. But, yeah. And keep in mind, exactly. she's, like, 16, and she decided, she she's like, I'm going to put my aunt. Yeah, that's true. She's figuring things out. And she only, you know, she's still getting used to this yeah. gift. And but, but she's, Sorry, say, like, she's made the decision to, like, like, she's as young as 16 and she made the decision to kill her aunt. Like, she's like, that's it. No more, like, yeah. talking her down. Which, I don't know. I, yeah. It's crazy. That's a good point. So Lavana's plan is to use Thorn as her leverage because, and this is interesting. She's so exhausted that she doesn't even bother with her glamour anymore. Which is crazy. Like she decided Thorn over her glamour. Yeah, I think that's very telling to where she's channeling her power and her energy. 
Yeah, because it's not just the video that took her out. It's like, it's the days leading up to it. Like all the stress for her. Um, mm -hmm. And then it finally, like she snapped. And I mean, it's, she probably just couldn't hold on to it for that long. She hasn't had a time to rest. Not that I'm like sympathetic right. to her. No, but like, it's very easy to identify with like, and over with being mm -hmm. overworked. Yes, very, very true. We just, you and I, before we were recording, just talked about how it's been difficult with how it is difficult to manage your time when you have such a high workload. Like right now, I'm back in school because they have to take all these classes to get my educator's license because Nevada doesn't want to honor the educator mm -hmm. license I have in another state. And I'm doing that while I'm teaching. And I'm doing that while I'm trying to do my podcast. Like, so yeah, I definitely feel overworked and overwhelmed. So um, I think it's easy, even if we don't like Lavana, I think it's easy to empathize with just that concept of, of overwork. Yeah. And Lavana's not the, not the type of person to cry, but like that's definitely happened when, when it's like, right. it's not, nothing's happened to me. No one's like, I, not, my feelings haven't been hurt, but you're just like so overwhelmed. You just like break down. And we kind of see her like Lavana breaking down when she yells at everyone and like screams and like isn't the dainty queen she yeah. tries to see her show herself as. But that's like kind of a parallel of like how stress can get to a person. Well, I think also some of it's just like a chemical reaction in your mind. Like there are times when I cry and I'm not sad, like I'm furious. Mm -hmm. But like it just they come out and I think it's like a chemical reaction. Yeah, and the tears won't stop. <laughs> I actually had a conversation with some right? I had a conversation with someone at work the other day and I got frustrated and I felt like they were coming and I was like making a fist at my side to try and avoid it. And the lady, it was a girl who said this to me, and she was like, But you know, you don't need to get upset and I was I, normally I would just brush that off but I was too exhausted and I was like telling someone not to get it's upset does not, not change their emotional or state. like don't take it personally if someone tells like makes like says something mean to me and then says don't take it personally I'm sorry it's already been personal like you can't like it's like the same thing as like if somebody says if somebody says don't take it personally that tells me that they know it was personal and they're exactly. trying to manipulate you into thinking it wasn't because otherwise yeah. they wouldn't feel the need to say that. It would be obvious that it's not personal. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's me because, like, they're working in an environment where it's mainly men. Like, a, that's, like, literally, like, 90% of my work environment, like, old men. Um, and they're like, oh, this little girl, she's just crying all the time or whatever. And it's just, it's fear, infuriating. Like, just, yeah. just miscommunication. And I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, I'm making myself angry. <laughs> I'm like at the point where I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. No, I get that way too. Yeah. I, I've i kind of gotten in the habit now where it's like I come home and Quentin asks about my day and then I just get all fired up again telling him about everything. And now I'm like, right. I think it was Friday. I was like on my way home and I was like, I don't want to mm -hmm. talk about this. Like, I want to get home and just spend time with my husband, not, like, complaining about my job, not, like, you know, talking about the situations that I've been dealing with, just, like, being with him and in that space and, like, 
you know, feel I, I can feel seen and heard by him without having to provide that commentary on the negative spaces in my life. And it's okay if you want to complain. That's a perfectly normal part of life. But I just, I, I just, I'm so tired of bringing that negative energy home with me and then bringing it into my house. Yeah. So I'm trying very hard now. Like I just try like between the drive home, cause it's like a 20 minute drive. I try to like let all of that go as much as possible. Sorry, that's Hillary Duff telling me to get ready for our <laughs> recording. Because I don't know how time zones work. It's fine. Uh, but no, yeah, no, I totally feel it. That's my, that is my alarm clock, by the way. Every day, my alarm wakes me up to wake up by Hillary Duff, in case everyone no, was wondering. My alarm clock like used that. to be, it, it's been so bad. I used to sleep through my alarms that I used to make it a recording of my mom yelling at me to wake up. <laughs> Um, but yeah, with word. the, <laughs> word. with the, with the, I'm trying to do the same thing. Cause like sometimes I'll come home and I'll like complain and I'm ending up yelling at like my mom or something. She's like, why are you yelling at me? I'm like, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just like angrily venting. So I'm trying to be better at like, just, just yeah. like, I don't like, it's not your fault. It's just sometimes I need to like cry or scream or like, cause it's upsetting. Work, work can get upsetting, but Sometimes I just let it out in the car. Like, I'll turn on music, but I'll still talk, and I'll just say everything out loud and, like, get it out of my body. And then when I get home, I've already complained. I mean, there's no one in the car listening to me, but, like, I've already said everything, and I've already gotten yeah. it out. This is why I also like to write. It's, like, yeah, I, I noticed there was this, like, rough patch I was going through, and I wasn't writing, and I, f I really felt like I needed that because it, it, like takes out some of my emotions in a way like expresses my feelings yeah um, yeah and I think that's what's happening here in this scene like I think that's why Thorne is making all mm -hmm. these jokes like he's standing on a ledge and his hands are tied behind his back and he's got uh his thigh is bleeding and um he you know he's already been separated from Kras he doesn't know where she is or what happened to her Cinder shows up like right when Lavana is about to kill him or kill Cinder and he's like making jokes I think like that's his way of dealing with it yeah like I can only imagine what their conversation was like like because he was like I his lines make me laugh so much which is the relief that we need in these chapters but I'm just trying to imagine like yeah um like maybe he was like oh do you need like a hug like you can just release control of me and and I'll let me just pat you on the back yeah, I bet that would be funny. <laughs> or he'd be like, he'd like make fun of her glamour. He's like, maybe this a little. Or like that hair totally doesn't go with her. We've seen in the past, um, we've seen in the past, she's prevented people from being able to speak at oh, all. Yeah. So it's possible that a whole time she's just been keeping him from talking. Maybe. Yeah, she would. She would do that. I just find it like funny to imagine what could yeah. have happened like in those moments before. Right. I get, um, I get kind of like chills when we get to the part where Cinder is like looking at Thorn and she mouths Cress as like a question of where's Cress? What is she doing? Is she okay? And Thorn just shakes his head and I'm like, you know, that head shake was like the hardest thing he's ever done. He just, oh, he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't even want to think about it. He's trying to car car compartmentalize. No. Is that the word? Yeah. Compartmentalize. 
yeah, I'm not good at that. Quentin is great at it. But um, it's never been something I'm particularly gifted yeah. at. Oh. Yeah. Heart. Lilana tries to take control of Cinder, but she's too weak, obviously. Um, and she accuses Cinder of taking everything away from her. And I love... I, obviously, I love everything that Cinder says, but, like, my favorite thing is when she's like, and my boyfriend. <laughs> Same. I'm like, yeah, you married her boyfriend. It's like, really, Cinder, is that like, on the same level? And then I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it is. I'm that brings out the the uh, 16-year-old in her, like, the 16-year-old. And when she, like, yeah, thinks, like, she's like, I'm not going to think about how yeah. she's my aunt and he married my aunt. This, like, reminds me of... Like, quickly, right. like, Grey's Anatomy. Do you know, like, when Jackson and Maggie get together? It's like that. Like, yeah. I don't like that. That's gross. I just had to say that. Yeah. Because... It's like, let's pretend we're not brother yeah. and sister. I'm just, I just had to bring yeah. that up because I just watched an episode today. <laughs> no, it's very yeah. similar. I definitely get it. I, I think that that's a really good parallel. But, yeah. So... In all truth, I do want to point this out. As wicked as she is, Lavana is correct. Her victory took years of hard work, years of manipulation, years of careful planning. She has been a mastermind with a chessboard for basically since Channery died. And Cinder came in and just knocked over the board so yeah. fast. And Lavana was about to put checkmate, and I, I, I'm obviously I'm not on her side, but she's not wrong. She has been working for years. She has been planning. She has made sacrifices. She killed her own husband because she's evil. But she did put in all this effort, and Cinder is legit walking in like, "Haha, I own the place now." <laughs> and she's like, "No, excuse me, go back, go crawl into whatever hole you came from." She's like, um, I killed you for a reason. <laughs> like, Let's make sure that this time you die. Like, why did she cho choose, like, the hardest and most, like, dramatic way to try and kill her, like, Cinder? Like, I'm not saying, like, she should have, like, killed her in the first place. But could have she just, like, glamoured Cinder to, like, or push her, like, down the stairs? Like, something a lot, like, a tragic accident a lot easier than just, like, I'm just going to put this fire so, I think that it's, I please, you guys, listeners, do not at me for what I'm about to say because I know it's a complicated scenario, and I know that what I'm about to say is, is might be complex and controversial, but hear me out. I think Lavana, in all of her wicked ways, has limitations. If I, remember, if I remember correctly, that was like her first real murder that she committed. Solstice died by happenstance, and so did Channery. But she put into play the events that killed Cinder. She didn't have to physically be there and experience the death of this child. She didn't have to watch the child die. She didn't have to, you know, stab the child or shove the child off a balcony or, or whatever, you know, suffocate it. She was able to just put the plan in the, into motion and walk away. And I think that's part of why she did it like this. Because 
She didn't actually do anything. Mm -hmm. All she did was give the nanny the matches and tell her that a fire was a good idea. Knowing that the result would probably be a fire and they would die and burn to death. Knowing that that was probably going to be the outcome. But she didn't play as big of a role in it. It's the same with Everett. She wasn't there holding the knife that stabbed Everett to death, but she put it into motion. I think when it comes to physical one-on-one like that, I think she has limitations, mentally and emotionally. Could she do it for a stranger? Probably. Can she do it to her three-year-old niece? That's a little more complicated. Does I that think, make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense now because, like, it in, in like, chapter... Like, we're going to cover the chapter, but it mentions how, like, she, it's the first time holding a gun, even though she's probably killed countless people through glamour. Um, she's probably glamoured guards to yeah. to shoot people. So she's, yeah, she's probably never physically killed anybody in her life. Um, so that could also yeah. be true. I was also she thinking maybe, like, she wanted this. to, like. This is her being a mastermind. This is. Yeah, this is this is her being a mastermind. This is her being a chess player. She has never, you know, pulled the trigger, done the stabbing, done the poisoning, done the fire. She hasn't physically been the person that has murdered, right? She has been the person that put that play into motion. She would be considered, in our society, she would probably be considered like an accessory or something because, you know, because my my go-to is the word Bob, right? Because guard Bob killed so-and-so, but he only did it because Levana told him to. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think I think maybe I'm giving her too much credit, but I think she has emotional complications, emotional limitations. And this is her way of manipulating the situation to her advantage without having to get her fingers bloody herself. I think it can also, like be her trying to get back at Channery because Channery burned her so she she was like yeah. let me burn your daughter her, like make yeah. a full circle so it could also be that um, yours is a lot more thought out but yeah. yeah so all throughout this entire scene because to bring this back around Cinder asks Lavana, like how could you do this how could you burn a child to death and Lavana's defense is that Cinder wasn't supposed to survive. Like as if that's a consolation. As if that's a consolation. Like, well, you weren't supposed to, like, live with those injuries. You were supposed to just, like, die. It's not my fault somebody decided to save you. Ugh. I wonder what the exact scene from Ferris is. Like, I wonder what the... Um, actual commotion, the actual play in motion. I need to check. I'm not sure. Hold on. For Cinder getting burned? Yeah. Nope, it's not that one. Okay. Ooh, I think it's chill. I'm trying to figure out when she burns. 
Oh, okay. I think I just opened to that chapter. It should be chapter. Oh, wait, there's no chapters. <laughs> no, that's okay. I did a control F on. Um, I did a control F. Okay, so. So, Lavana tells them to go into the playhouse and be with the princess. It's almost time for her to take a nap, right? Mm-hmm. So it says she spoke slowly, impressing the idea into an into the nanny's mind. She hands her the candle and she says, it'll be dark under that blanket. So you will want to light this candle. Set it out of the way so the princess doesn't burn herself near the edge of the playhouse under the blanket. The one with the apple blossoms. You will stay with the girl until you both fall asleep. You are already tired. It will not take long. So she doesn't actually do she doesn't even say burn to death to the nanny all she does is give her a candle and a lighter and say go take a nap but before you do light the blanket that's on top of you on fire mm-hmm. and then it's like she had done it she had done what was needed what she needed to do now she only had to wait yeah and she was like very nervous. But she again, she didn't yeah. get her hands bloody mm-hmm. herself. Yes. Yeah, she put things into motion. At that point, like, like how you were saying, in our world should be an accessory. But were the person doing the killing mm-hmm. would they be charged because they have no control over their bodies? It's hard to administer that because in this situation, they're. You know, they're not doing it because they're coerced. They're not doing it because they've been manipulated. They're doing it because someone is literally controlling their mind. Whereas in our society, it would be, you know, it would be that someone was coerced into doing it, maybe paid, maybe threatened, Mm -hmm. but you can't physically control their mind in the same way. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Make crime a lot harder. Yeah. So the chapter ends with um the chapter ends with Lavana explaining that Channery, Cinder's mother, was the one who burned her. And I wanna play something out. Lavana calls her a stupid child, and for some reason my mind thinks of the two thousand five Pride and Prejudice when Lady Catherine says to Lizzie, You selfish girl. Like that intonation, you selfish girl. Like, for some reason, that's the tone of voice that I hear when Lavana says, you stupid child. I also haven't, I haven't watched that movie, so I don't know the reference. But I can, like, the, the lines that she, like, the last lines really show how much of her, Lavana's hatred just, like, from Channery just transferred to Cinder. It could be, like, because they, like she said, they look alike. Um, like, she can't dissociate them. They look alike, and they're also both trying to steal the yeah. throne from her. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Because like they're both would be incom incompetent uh, to rule, unlike uh, Ivana. I also like how like it mentioned that Cinder's not able to see like Lavana's glamour anymore. She just sees like even when Lavana puts on her glamour, she still sees her her actual face. And it kind of reminds me of like if someone wronged you and they're trying to like make it up or make it like apologize or make it better to you sometimes you can't like 
you can't get past the action that they did because it was so horrible. Yeah, because it's like you can't separate the two yeah. things. You can't just forgive and forget. Okay. I found the clip too, so I'll play that real quick for everybody. Who cares? Like me, you selfish girl. The way she says that, you <laughs> selfish girl. Like that's that's what I hear in my head. I hear that intonation when that intonation when she says "you stupid girl." I hear "you <laughs> selfish girl" because I think it just works. I would think like a thick British accent, like "you stupid girl." <laughs> How can you do this? Yes, I love it. Yes. <sighs> that's okay. So let's talk about our um, chapter okay. quote. Um, okay, all right. My quote, or oh, no, do you want to go first? Is that our chapter titles? What do I have? It's chapter okay. titles, sorry. Um, sorry, chapter titles. Okay, first. go ahead. So, okay, I really wanted to do a Tangled song because I, or the the Tangled show song, because uh, all of their songs are absolute bops. Yes. So I have... Um, waiting waiting in the wings i love that show like that series is so good it's it's such a good it's like so good for a children's show it's so good but yeah um what i have is waiting in the wings by eden espinosa um and i feel like the song can both fit cinder and lavana um because like the the lyrics there's like actually cinder but like the lyrics are also what lavana thinks of herself um, and it's also like Cinder, like coming up to Lavana and being like, okay, give me my throne back. Um, like some lyrics I have are, um, guess we all are born with parts to play. Like Cinder recognizing that she's, she's like the queen. Um, some of us are stars and some are just in the way that can be Lavana. Um, that thinking that she, she's just like in the way. Um, I know I was meant for glory, but that's never what my story brings. And yet I keep on waiting. Um, I just feel like it can, if it, it fits both of them in like a twisted way. Um, yeah. And I really like this song. It's so good. Yes. I do too. So I chose Mad Woman by Taylor Swift. Again, as, like <laughs> always, right? We could do word for word and it would fit. But I guess I'll try to focus on ones that I think um, are very applicable to this scene. Um, Now I breathe flames each time I talk. My cannons all firing at your yacht. They say move on, but you know I won't. And women like hunting witches too, doing your dirtiest work for you. It's obvious that wanting me dead has really brought you two together. Every time you call me crazy, I get more crazy. What about that? And when you say I seem angry, I get more angry. And there's nothing like a mad woman. So I could do the whole song. I have my limitations. But um, mad woman to me is about someone calling you a mad woman to um, cover up your accomplishments or your anger. Like you have valid concerns. And someone is like, oh, she's just an angry girl, as if to dismiss whatever your concerns are. Um, which, you know, may be valid 
isn't the right word for what Lavana is going through, but in Lavana's perspective, it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. So I just like the parallel of 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 um you know they say move on, but you know I won't. She can't. She can't move on. She's been holding on to this anger since she was three years old and Channery burned her. Um, women like hunting witches too. Cinder is the one who has been very aggressive towards Lavana. Um, you know, in this scene, right? Because Lavana's been trying to kill Cinder her whole life. Um, and I like the idea. Well, I don't like the idea, but there is a connection, I think, between. You know, what we talked about earlier where someone saying don't be upset doesn't make you suddenly not upset. If anything, it aggravates you more. And I feel like that's what happens a lot with Lavada, where she, you know, someone calls her crazy and it just makes her even more upset. And somebody calls her angry and she's like, you haven't seen anything yet. Like, I kill people. This is nothing compared to what I could do. Um, so, yeah, I just I really like the lyrics of that song for the manipulation and the emotions that Lavana herself is going through right now so let's finish out this chapter and this episode will just have to get finished another time because we're doing one hour now so part one of of winter chapters 88 through 90 um or yeah because this is a long a long one anyways so patreon members will get to vote for chapter titles uh let's talk about our chapter quote okay I'm, I like that you that you're yeah. setting this limit for yourself. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying really hard to manage my life. <laughs> um, okay, so I can I can go um, first. Is it chapter eighty eight? Yeah, you're in the right spot. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought you put. Um, Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry. Okay. So my chapter quote is, well, it's about time, said Thorne, his voice comfortly, comfortingly sardonic. You have no idea how awkward these last few minutes have been. Um, and that's on page 378. Um, and we talked about this before. I just like how he's like um, comedic relief um, and Thorne's just always Thorne. I don't know. I just like those lines. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, So mine was page 741. It is not my fault someone thought you might be worth saving. I think we talked a lot about empathy in this chapter and how difficult it is to feel that empathy for Lavana, even if you can address certain situations. But I think this is a good reminder of Lavana's perspective on everything because in Lavana's mind what she did was a mercy killing and Cinder was not supposed to survive and so Lavana looks at it as Cinder being cyborg Cinder being burned Cinder suffering from whatever life she had after the age of three is not Lavana's fault it's a it's a reaction to what happened it's you know uh well, not reaction is the right word a consequence it's a consequence to what happened but it's not her fault because her intention was that mm-hmm. Cinder would die then just the words mercy killing they're I'm... just like it's crazy <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, but, and you know, that's one of those things that I think makes Marissa, it sets her apart. I think other authors would try to make Lavana two different things. They would either make her such a good villain that there's no connection whatsoever, like Voldemort, for example, because we talked about this in the mm-hmm. Discord before, or they would make her, uh, they would give her too many redeeming qualities too many redeeming qualities so that we would start to sympathize which i think happens a lot with um drago malfoy (laughs) if we're going to keep going on the harry potter train um but marissa has found a way to keep us right in the middle lavana does not have enough redeeming qualities to be a a a forgettable Mm -hmm. villain but she does have enough empathetic reasonings behind her decisions to make us understand her side of the story it's kind of like it's kind of like what they say on brooklyn 99 cool notice <laughs> i love <murder>. that yep <laughs> yeah that's 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 Lamar. yeah it's like she's relatable in the ways like we talked about like stress and getting strung out and and like breaking down yeah um, but like also not in ways that like i'm gonna kill a child like no one's gonna be like no one in their right mind absolutely no one normal is gonna just like you know think that this reasonable and think it through but like it's i don't know i like yeah it's like that's why i enjoyed ferris because it's like getting in the mind of a villain and still like not like sympathizing with them but like but like getting that that perspective it's like just fun just like to know that that side you understand it yeah, you don't get like, like I said, they're not redeemable, but you can see from their perspective how everything got yeah. so twisted. It's like when I'm mad that my code isn't working, I don't go shoot the guy who like, like Lavana did at the beginning of this book. I don't go like shoot the guy who like caused a problem at work. I just go scream in the car. Right. But yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was, yeah, perfect. Okay, so next to the time, what we're going to do is we'll just immediately start with chapter 89 as our part two. Um, there won't be any of the normal housekeeping or fan art. It'll just be part two. The passages discussed today are from Winter by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger, and today's special guest was Sumaya Haji. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Papo. And the logo art was created by Sunlight Tangles on Instagram. Tune in next week for part two. Thank you for listening.